This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. So one of our fans, Rakesh, asked us to, asked us to do a fitness update. I need a talking update, apparently, too. It's been a long time since we've recorded, Doug. Anyway, Rakesh wants a fitness update. So today we're going to talk about that. Uh, the topics are vast. We're going to talk about your cholesterol, my colonoscopy, um, our goals, and even some fitness tips. I'm excited about this. I've been thinking a lot about health and fitness in the last, I would say, three or four weeks. But it's always like on the on the front of my mind as well. So it has been a while since we recorded, although we've been hanging out a lot in our personal lives, which is cool because there's like less pressure to um, perform and think ahead of time. So we're just like shooting the shit most mostly. We've uh, we've been hanging out, so that's cool. But What's going on with you? Yeah, we've had a bunch of people stay at our house lately. Uh, one quick sidetrack is one trend that's kind of annoying me is, uh, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Doug, but we've had people over and we'll be hanging out. And like one or two people will just be staring at their phone like the other five or six people are having a conversation. And one person is just sitting there staring at their phone. Does that ever happen to you? Or A little bit. Uh, more often, it's like two people talking and then like six or seven all on their phones. But yeah, people are on their phones a lot. That, that's a pretty bad ratio. So if I get a notification and it's something I think I have to check, I'll either say, excuse me, I need to check this for a second. Or if it's longer, I'll go into another room. But apparently that is not the norm. And I, I'm not sure what to do about the situation because it, it's kind of annoying. Like, do you call the person out or, or do you just try to reel them back into the conversation or how, how would you approach it, Doug? Or does it even annoy you? Um, it bothers me a little bit, but it certainly seems like one of those things that's so far out of my control that if I let it bother me, it would drive me insane. So I think I've just kind of, I just ignore that person, especially the scenario that you talked about. And we're in this often, right? Like I said, we were hanging out often in the last two weeks or so. And if there's six or seven of us and there's one person that's not paying attention, I'm like, they don't want to pay attention to us. They should walk somewhere else, but I'm just, I kind of remember like, yeah, I'm not going to try and pull them in if they're not interested. So I just ignore them. They're okay. dead to me. Yeah. What, what about you? What do you do? Yeah. Well, what I think I'm going to do is turn my house into a big Faraday cage. Do you know what that is? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm using the right term there. It would block like all transmissions so they wouldn't be able to connect to a cell phone network at that point. So yeah. I'll do that first. I'll probably have to take all the siding off, put tinfoil around my house or some shit. And then maybe I'll screw with the internet. Like then they'll ask for the Wi-Fi, but I'll make it like super slow, like like <laughs> nine, nine kilobytes per second. Or, and I'll have it like they'll go to like CNN.com and it'll load like I love cats or something like that. Like yeah. try to. It'll only load one one web page, and it's that cat web page. Right? Yeah, it'll just redirect or to our podcast the whole time. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. The internet's been shaky lately. It must be your phone. Like, well, shake your phone. Let's <laughs> just shake your phone. Um, so one kind of related thing is 
I turned off the data on my phone as I'm walking around and stuff. Actually, I turned it off like full time for a little little period of time. The reason why is um, our particular cell phone plan has like limited data. So it's like a grant, it's a fairly good rate, um, but we have limited data. So as we were traveling, doing a bunch of road trips, we were using Google Maps, like Elizabeth and I were both using Google Maps all the time. So we like hit that cap, which I think is like six gigabytes or something. Usually that's plenty for us. But anyway, on the road, we were right up against the limit and we got a notification. We were like 90% of our limit and they would charge us like 15 bucks for another gig if we went over. So we both turned off our data and made it like, I think like 12 days, like not using any more data. It was pretty amazing. We like barely made it in, but we made it through. The observation is turning off the data on my phone was great because I couldn't get notifications. A lot of other like things that I might look up while I'm out, I just didn't do it because I couldn't use the data. So if I was on Wi-Fi, that's cool. But if I was out and about, I didn't do anything. It was great. And then have you ever done that? I do do it. I love to do it. The issue with me is, and maybe there's a setting, uh, like Mindy will try to, to get, she'll try to get a hold of me to pick up the kids from school or something like that. And she's like, I can't get all of you. So, but I used to do it all the time. Like turn it off pretty much whenever I left the house. Cause I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want that or do the, do not disturb. And then just, I'll check texts every once in a while, but maybe there's a setting where I can just let her, texts come through and then no others come through. And by the way, Doug, you can cache your Google Maps so you don't have to use data for it. And then it knows where you are through a satellite which doesn't consume data. It's a good idea except we were like going across the country. So I guess we we could do that, but I, I don't know if that's practical exactly. I mean, we're like... I, anyway, it's a problem that doesn't need solving. And Eventually I was like ah, if we're driving like in the middle of Kansas, we're just sticking on 70. We don't need to know like every little thing that's on the side of the road. We don't need to know every gas station, just gas up occasionally. You stay straight until you get to, uh, I don't know, St. Louis. Then you, then you turn. It's pretty easy. Okay. All right. The other, the other thing with data, um, on the phone, who who do you use for your cell phone? You got a discount plan, right? Uh, Ting. Ting. Okay. You happy with that? You ever used Mint? Um, yeah, Mindy is actually on Mint. She had a free trial and she just kept on going with it. So Mint is great too. Okay. That's been on my radar and I think we're paying like a hundred bucks for both of us. And I have like a watch plan, which I don't actually use. So I was thinking of switching. And one of the reasons we stayed on AT&T was my watch has like, um, data and like a cell phone. So at the time when I was running a little bit more, it was kind of convenient, super luxury, hardly ever used it. But like once or twice I got caught out in like a thunderstorm and I like needed to call for a ride, <laughs> for a ride. And it was helpful that one time, but really I don't need it. I could have just uh, taken shelter under, you know, tin, tin roof shelter or something like that. But, uh, I'll, I do need to switch over from AT&T to like mint or something different. Cause it seems like it's fine. Right. You've used it for years. Yeah, you should. I've had Ting for like five years. It's 24 bucks a month for five gigs. And you get more after that. They just throttle your data if you don't pay them five bucks for an additional gig. Perfect. Okay, great. Anything else on uh, 
people that annoy you with their, <laughs> with their phones. Oh, I've got a lot of stuff around that, but we'll save that for <laughs> another time. Okay. So this is about health and fitness. And I do have a quick disclaimer here that I prepared a statement. So I'm just going to, I'm going to read this. All right. So we got an email from a listener letting us know that we sometimes alienate people with our health and fitness observation, banter, and bad jokes. It's not our intent at all. Anything disparaging is really, usually it's directed directly at ourselves, not anyone else. We also try to be comedians, which we're, we're not comedians. We try to be funny, Carl especially, but we're sure. not comedians. So many podcast reviews reflect that we are not that funny. So we're trying to get better. We're not casting judgment on others. We're just sharing our stories and what we're currently doing. If we offend you, we are sorry. If this topic isn't your thing, if you're not interested in health or fitness, please skip the episode. Carl, anything to add? No. Was, was that whole thing in reference to my colonoscopy talk? I, I, can, I have photos that we can put in the show notes if people want to see it. I'm, I'm going to do it. What do you think of that? Do you think uh, people don't have to click on it if they don't want to? You put that one on uh, your 1500 days domain, all right? Uh, got it. <laughs> I'll change the zeros in the domain to something else. Well, what would you change it to? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be obvious, Doug. Okay. So that's the disclaimer. We're sorry if, you've, if you're offended. Not our intent, but we're going to do our thing. So let's get started with this episode, huh? Yep. What's next? Okay. So, Doug, first we're going to talk about observations. Then we're going to talk about our uh, observations about growing old. So those are kind of two similar topics. Then our goals, uh, some of my tips, and then our ask the audience question. So, so Doug, you wrote in here that exercise makes you feel super good and you love starting your day with a really hard workout. Do you do that every day? Um, most days, and it's it shifted. I, I've actually been walking the dog, Georgie, first thing for a couple of years versus working out. So my workout routine has shifted a little bit, but you know, ideal scenario is like get a hard workout in before I even wake up all the way. Like you're partially awake for sure. But if you, I just have more willpower, right? I think it's documented. You have more willpower earlier in the day. It's a depleting resource, but you get it back the next day. So I can, do a lot and feel awesome, get the endorphins flowing early in the day. And I would say most days in the last, especially in the last few weeks, cause I'm trying to shift what I'm doing. So I'll walk Georgie, do a couple things and then head to the gym, like before say 11 o'clock, something like that. That said, I didn't even do it today, but you know, not every day is perfect. So what, what about you? What's your... What's your take? Yeah, I like to work out first thing too. And when I don't, when I hit the gym in the afternoon, I find I have a little bit less energy and maybe more importantly, less willpower. Like if, especially if you're doing strength training, you, you really want to push yourself. At least I do. I want to go to a point of failure. That's pretty hard. It, it takes a lot of mental stamina, mental willpower to do that. And I have th the most of that first thing in the morning, uh, which isn't how I used to think. I used to think that morning working out, uh, I'm still half asleep and it's not good. But um, yeah, now that is my happy time to work out. 
a question about that afternoon workout because I had the same thing. However, it was because I was intermittent fasting. Are you intermittent fasting and then trying to work out in the afternoon? Uh, I always work out in a fasted state, and I don't know if this was what you were getting at, but I seem to have less energy if I eat before my workout, like noon, especially a carb-heavy lunch just uh, takes me out. Okay. Well, don't do a carb-heavy lunch. <laughs> what, what kind of carbs, like pasta or bread or what? Yeah, bread, like a sandwich or okay, yeah, something like that. Maybe do it a couple, I mean, test it out. But what I found was I was like working out fasted. There's a bunch of research, right? That it was like, uh, do cardio fasted, you burn more fat, blah, blah, blah. Turns out there's like other studies. Everyone <laughs> check with your health professional. But there were other studies that basically showed that later in the day, like you end up replenishing those fat stores if you're not at a caloric deficit. So it like doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were, if you feel better and you get a better workout, then do it. But basically what happened to me specifically, so test it out, you may find something different, but I was like, I'm trying to lift weights, not first thing in the morning, but say anywhere from like 10 to three in the afternoon. And if I, if I was fasted, I just didn't have the willpower and I didn't feel as much energy. And then I, instead of fasting, I would have like a protein shake or maybe a bowl of oatmeal and protein. And then I would work out maybe like an hour later. And I'm like, I feel awesome. I have so much more energy while I'm working out. And then after I work out, I feel great too. I feel like way better where when I fasted, worked out, tried to work out hard in the afternoon, I'm like, I need a nap. I feel awful. So I don't know, give it a shot. Any, any thoughts on that? Does that sound crazy? Uh, well, everyone is different. And I would say that uh, food or lack of food, except for being tired, never really affects me. Like I know some people get shaky and they have a hard time concentrating and hangry. I've heard that term before. And uh, yeah, not eating doesn't really bother me, I guess. Gotcha. All right. Well, give it a shot. I still encourage you. Maybe, maybe you don't have bread and a sandwich, but even if you have like, whatever, some nuts and a protein shake or something like that, it's like some calories in you. Um, anyway, you look skeptical, but give it a shot one day when you're a little hungry. Cool. All right. Next, um, I'll give a little update on myself. So I put on a few pounds of what I believe to be pure fat over the summer <laughs> because I was, I don't know. I was just having a good time, I think. So part of it was our flexible schedule, right? You got a flexible schedule too. So it wasn't unusual, especially when this, the weather got nice in the spring and summer. It's like, hey, you want to grab a beer at like three in the afternoon? We would have a beer, hang out. That kind of leads to some decisions that we didn't plan on. We're like, maybe we have some pizza you know, we eat some pizza, have some more beers. And then that's just on Friday afternoon. And then it turned into like, oh, it's the weekend. I'm going to just let go on the weekend. I'm good during the week. And it was just day after day. And then it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> so it was a little too much. And it was very, it was starting to get quite warm 
around here and well, I guess the rest of the country, right? Got hot everywhere. And I wasn't walking outside quite as much. So let's say, and I'm just estimating this a little bit, I was getting about 15% less activity in terms of steps. So I was able to actually like reference that. And we were also traveling some. So with the travel, we had days at airports occasionally. We did road trips. So that would be like one to two days to drive wherever we were going. We went on a few road trips since June. And even if you're trying to be active or part of the trip is like going somewhere and hiking, you end up eating a little bit worse and you don't get the same activity. Like we can't go to the rec center, which is right here. So I ended up putting on, I don't know, maybe like eight pounds, something like that. And while exercise is great and I say, I even wrote in here, it's kind of like a non-negotiable. I always want to work out. Um, I wasn't able to do it in the same way. And I really didn't have much motivation to like change things up while we were on the road. I would just, you know, continue to quote celebrate because we were visiting friends and family or going to weddings. So there was an occasion. There was always a reason to like go out and have some food, go to the party and then go to the, the after party the next day or whatever, where there's a brunch. So it was like thing after thing. And, you know, you could eat a little bit, pick at your plate, but people are shoving food in my face constantly. They, they want me to try this or that. So it was a real struggle. And there was like trip after trip. And it's literally only been uh, a week and a half ago to two weeks where we're, we're back home here in Longmont for a little while. So I can kind of get back into a routine. So it was a rough summer from a health perspective. Yeah, I have the same issues, especially when traveling. What do you eat when you're on a road trip? Do you bring food or do you stop at places? A little of both. We typically, especially if we're on a multi-day trip, we'll bring stuff in a cooler that we can snack on and, you know, a lot of times it's like chicken salad with like pita, maybe like some cheese and crackers, nuts, some fruit, protein bars, that kind of thing. So nothing like shockingly unhealthy, but we also do eat out. Wendy's is one of our favorites. We eat at, you know, fast food places. We don't discriminate. We enjoy that kind of food, right? What do you get at Wendy's? Do you get a frosty or... Usually like a, like a Dave's classic single or double or, you know, just a burger. I'm not, I've, I've gotten away from the Frosties here recently. It's probably a good life choice. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys do on road trips with, for food? Yeah. We do all different kinds of stuff. Have you ever done a car barbecue before? No. Oh, like you, you have a burrito pre-made and then at some point in the trip, you pull over and open the hood and stick it on your exhaust manifold and drive for like another hour or two. And then. Boom, you've got a burrito. We've, we've done that before. Uh, make sure you seal it up. Yeah, uh, we, um, we actually looked this up when we were doing a lot of road tripping, especially for um, like, uh, like a chuck roast or something like that. It was like, we could put a roast. In, and I like did a bunch of research, but we never actually cooked on the engine. Yeah, you should. It would be, it'd be great. You're a good cook, Doug. I'll bet you could write your own book or have your own site. But uh, 
Yeah, it's painful for us because we have kids and Mindy and I will eat the same thing, but one of ours is super picky and won't eat much of anything. The other one's a vegetarian. Uh, so our default used to be Taco Bell because you can make a lot of stuff vegetarian there, but now she decided she doesn't like Taco Bell anymore. So there's pretty much nothing for her to eat on the road. So it it usually just evolves into a big fight. Gotcha. Well, I guess that forces you to just like bring prepared stuff, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's, I mean, that's maybe the the ideal scenario because like you're making the decision ahead of time versus like driving for a long time. And then, or if you're at the airport, you're just like starving and you're like, I'll eat Panda Express or whatever. And you just like over order, you have way too much food and just gorge yourself. Yep. So that's the worst case. How about one last follow up on this whole section, the, the working out part when you're traveling, what do you do for that? And I was going to say, find a hotel with a workout room. And some of those are marginal, but they're still better than nothing. Like they'll usually have dumbbells, maybe a pull-up bar. But when it comes to an Airbnb, then you don't have that. What do you do at that point? It's been, it's been tough. Yeah. So like the hotel gyms are usually fine on this particular last set of road trips they were not that great but we also were on a bit of a timeline so that's something i would adjust in the future i'm a lot i'm a lot more uh, let me let me phrase this the right way so as not to offend my wife i am uh, more flexible on a road trip and i would rather take my time so you you maybe would have a little time to work out in the morning she's more like let's get up and go Let's like, let's go right away um, versus like, hey, we don't actually have to be anywhere for like, we're the only ones making up our timeline and rules. If we want to work out, we could work out. So I basically didn't do anything. One thing is on one of the trips towards the end, eventually I was like, I'm bringing these uh, exercise bands. Do you have like a set of uh, rubber band kind of workout deal? Yes. So those are, those are actually quite good. So I brought a few of those and some other just rubber band things that they're really small. You can't, you know, they won't break in your car. You can kind of shove them into a corner. So I did use those a little bit on the last trip, not as much as I should have, but you know, I, I basically have been lazy. The other thing, of course, I mean, I could have done body weight exercises, even if there's no pull-up bar, you could do a handful of things that can, you know, work out a different thing that you don't normally work out. Uh, like, you know, just a bunch of core work or just push-ups and squats and other just body weight stuff. I didn't do any of that shit. So like, I was just, I did not have the motivation on these particular trips. I don't know why, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. I have a fitness tip, which I'll share later. But one tip I'll share right now is, uh, on a road trip, I'll bring the the push up bar that, or it's a pull up bar that fits in a, mm -hmm. a door frame. So hotels usually have you've got a door to the bathroom, and you can do pull ups that way. And then you can stick it on the ground and do push ups, so you can get a get a nice push pull workout in that way. Nice, yeah. When the thing is, I mean, even without the the bands or what you just mentioned, it's like I still could have done push-ups and squats and lunges and get a chair and you could do like incline push-ups and put your feet up on the bed and you could do like decline. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do. I just didn't do any of it. So yeah. I, I failed myself big. So rough, rough summer overall. Now, what are your observations over the summer? Uh, 
So I went a little bit too hard. I, I stopped working on houses, which I'm back to now, which is another story. But we had a bunch of fun things going on. Like we had two Camp Fire weekends in, in the middle of that, or right after that, we were in Leadville. And uh, it got pretty busy. I was on this road trip and I came home. It was right after the 4th, I, I remember. I uh, I started seeing these. It was late at night and I was super exhausted, probably more exhausted than I've ever been in my life. And I start seeing these rainbows like in my peripheral vision this swirling rainbows and i feel kind of nauseous i'm like oh my god what's going on and you convince yourself within like five minutes that you have brain cancer and you have like three months to live and it turned out from talking to you that it was an ocular migraine so i got enough sleep i actually had one more the next day and then i got a lot of rest and then it never happened again so that was one scary thing. And then another thing was i went to the taylor swift concert and i, I always protect my ears when I go to shows, so I'd put these earplugs in and I get back to the hotel after the show and I take them out and I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't hear out of one ear. Like it sounds like I'm in the bottom of the ocean or something like that. And I was super annoyed because these are really good earplugs with like maximal, I think 26 decibel attenuation, which is a lot. And so I take this thing out and I'm like, holy crap, what is wrong with me? Like most of my hearing was gone. So I call the doctor and they're like, oh, we, we can get you in like in three weeks. I'm like, well, thanks for that. Great. So I tried a couple of things and nothing helped. And then I eventually went to that doctor appointment and they're like, oh yeah, you've got a ton of crap in your ears. And they took this thing and sprayed it out and, and showed me what came out. It was pretty nasty. It was like bigger than the Titanic iceberg. It's earwax, right? You said, it, yeah, it, just be clear. It, yes, it was earwax. <laughs> and it was, what happened was I put in the earplug thing and it shoved earwax up against my eardrum. Man. Is it pretty painful too, or just the? No, not painful. Them spraying the thing in the ear was really loud. It sounded like a tidal wave or something going on in my head. But then I could hear again. I'm like, wow. So I started thinking about these two things. Like in the course of a month, I thought I'd lost my vision or had a brain tumor and I was going to lose my hearing too. And it just made me ponder, think about my health a little bit more. I don't think we, most people don't appreciate it until we lose some of it. And then we're like, oh shit. Yeah. So that's made me uh, appreciate my good health because um, like nothing is wrong with me. I feel great. Like no joint pain. I can... I could do 25,000 steps a day, and uh, but that won't always be that way. Eventually, your body is going to start to give you some issues, but not yet so far. You mentioned maybe overdoing it. I don't know if you use those words exactly, but there were a lot of trips. You went on a couple camp buys, road trip, we hung out, and you cited a lack of sleep. So do you think that was the route you just did too much and didn't rest enough? Yeah, I think with the ocular migraines, that definitely was it. Uh, I was just so exhausted. I kind of felt like a zombie, like Fight Club. Uh, I can't remember the description they give in there, but you feel like you're living in a shell inside yourself or something like that. And I was just so exhausted. And I, I looked it up, and that's one of the causes of these ocular migraines, apparently. And it was all... It was... <laughs> It was like an adult spring break all through the summer. Like it was all just like fun stuff, right? Yeah, it was great. It was a fun summer, maybe a little too fun. So what, and I guess maybe we'll, we'll get to this um, later on. I was about to jump ahead, but so you, basically you didn't get enough sleep and then you caught up and you were like, I feel better. Yep. And then you got wax in your ear, but it's all clean. Yeah. Funny thing. So I, 
right after that, I went to an ENT because I've lost my voice a few times this year. So I was like, I just want to make sure everything's okay. And it was super painful the last time. I don't know if you remember when I lost it, but it was like three, four days. Yep. Um, everything was fine. I'm going to go to speech therapy, which I, I, similarly, right? I tried to get an appointment and it's like two months and it takes forever to get into these specialists. But um, eventually they gave me what I asked for originally, which is speech therapy. And I think it's just, it's to strengthen the the vocal cords and project properly. I think I just, I'm soft spoken generally and my voice doesn't carry much. And I think they're going to give me exercises to be able to speak better. I think. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I hope it works out and I'll let everyone know, but while they were at it, they took a look at my ears, ENT, right? And I just had them. I was like, hey, is there a lot of wax in there? Like everything good? They're like, oh yeah, it looks, looks good. looks pretty clean. Like there's not much wax at all. So I was in good shape. And then I told the story. I was like, my friend just went to Taylor Swift and had uh, earwaxes, blah, blah, blah. I told him the story and they, they, they thought it was kind of funny. Huh. The weird thing is that the ENT, she said she went to the show too. And she didn't even wear earplugs. And I'm like, you're an ENT. Like, wouldn't you know better than anyone and like be telling all these young people, like, wear earplugs, like just passing them out like like candy or something. But yeah, she was like, I should have, I don't know. Uh, Whenever I'm at a show, I always have the earplugs, but I'll take them out for just a second to see how loud it is. And it's like, whoa. And the thing goes right back in. Like, what are all you people doing? Yeah, I... Yeah, we'll move on real quick here, but I was going to say that I I started wearing earplugs in my like early 20s at shows and I took I would take them out like for the last song of the encore or whatever and then it would be so deafening. I'm like, "You know what? I don't need to I don't need to experience that anymore." Um, but I know what you mean. You're like just a little curious like how loud is this? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, your show is probably louder than anything I've ever even been around with 70,000 people, right? Just the audience was louder than anything I've ever been to. Yeah. It's very, very loud. Okay. So let's, let's shift to uh, growing old here. So let's kick it off, Carl. Yeah. So Doug, I'm reading your notes here and I don't know if I hope, hopefully you don't do any visual display of this, but you said you have hair growing, hair not growing where it's supposed to grow, and now it's growing where you don't need it. I, is this my note or your note? Yeah, I think it's your note. <laughs> you know, I thought that earlier, but now I'm certain this was your note. But yeah, I mean, I was losing my hair. I had thinner hair in my in my 20s, and now I got a pretty hairy back. Carl, you've seen it, you know? You know what that's like. Yeah, you kind of look like a hedgehog, which is a compliment, by the way. Thanks. They're attractive <laughs> <Thank> animals. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the other thing um, with growing old and the fitness and exercise, especially, you know, we hear stuff like, you know, lift heavy weights and like you, you don't need to do that many sets. Don't do high reps. Just really try to lift heavy weights. And the thing is, you and I were a couple nerdy guys, right? We didn't take like weight training class in high school. I didn't anyway. Did you? Uh, we had to as part of our gym segment. Oh, well, you should know better, but I'll still give you a pass because you're, you're kind of nerdy. We don't know how to work out right, right? So yeah. if we try to deadlift something heavy, we're going to pull our back. And I've done it like four times. And I didn't even think it was that heavy. I just like 
I don't know. There was some something twisted and it was no good. The whole point being we're trying to be in shape, but it's just risk management against injuries. We're just trying not to get injured so that we could work out again another day. And I'm constantly thinking of that where I'm like, okay, I want to do a little bit more, but I don't want to like tear a rotator cuff, right? Or like hurt my shoulder and just make it so I can't work out for months or weeks. Or I hear of my friends who, you know, they, they do like an annual football game. They're running around with like 20 year olds, snap their fucking Achilles. I've had multiple friends where they're horsing around doing stuff they used to do in their twenties and they're, they're off their feet for six months and they're foot in a boot. And it's like, they're depressed. They're like literally depressed because they're active people. So yeah, it is injury management and I just want to be able to work out. That's all. Yeah, I, th- I think there's different ways you can work out. Like I'm not so much going for super heavyweights, but it, the whole point of it is to stress your muscles and there's different ways you can do that. Uh, two things I do are isometric is- isometric holds. So I'll just, especially like a curl, just hold the thing halfway up for as long as you can and maybe do a hold like halfway down until your muscles really screaming. And I do uh, like higher reps with a lower lower weight because you're still, I feel like I'm still getting a good workout. My muscles hurt, but I'm not really uh, pushing my joints and other parts with a super heavy weight. Like how many reps are you talking? Uh, I try to between 12 and 16. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not even that high. I was going to say like up to 30. Yeah, a lot of people aren't to like the 5-5 five, five workout where you're doing five at like a super heavy weight. And I try to avoid that. I try to not do any more than 16. So if I'm at 16 and I can keep going, then I jack up the weight. Uh, on the flip side, if I get to 12 or if I can't do 12, then I lower the weight. I've been playing around with uh, 10 sets of 10. And oftentimes towards the end, that the final five sets, maybe I could only do like eight, but... That seems to be a nice sweet spot for me, like something to aim towards. But yeah, no injury. That's, that's the main thing. Now, have you had any injuries in the last uh, year or anything? Uh, I had a shoulder injury, but that was from sleeping on it, sleeping on my son. I got a body pillow and that took care of it. So no, I've never injured myself from actually working out, but I do injure myself nice. sleeping. Okay, yeah. That is one of the growing old things. You're like, oh, I pulled the blanket hard in the wrong direction, and now I've hurt my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that you were out, you were actually pretty sore for a little while, right? Yeah, my shoulder was out for a couple months. I couldn't do. Yeah, it hurt bad. So one one other thing we have on here is my blood work and stuff like that. So cholesterol, blood pressure, resting heart rate, and I'll just talk for a second about my cholesterol in my family, it tends to run a little bit high and mine was creeping up from maybe like my late twenties from, you know, say 205, then it was 210, then it was 225. And everyone was like, well, you know, try to clean up your diet and exercise, which I thought I'm running like half marathons pretty often. Like I'm exercising quite a bit. And then another set of people were like, not doctors by the way, but another set of people said, oh, you're getting older, your cholesterol just goes up. And I was like, I guess so. So I just kind of bought into that. And then I was like, no, no, that that can't be right. I'm eating like shit and I'm drinking all the time. So there must be something I could tweak. It took me a couple of years to figure this out. 
but in the last last year or two, I got my cholesterol from 225 down to like 185 or so. And really it was eating a little less uh, hard cheeses, I'll be honest with you. I love cheddar and I get that big block of telemook. I think we've talked about this, you know, you get like the three pound block and we're like blasting through cheese and sour cream and, you know, a lot of full fat dairy that it, I didn't necessarily need. And the other was to add some additional fiber, mainly in the form of uh, oats. And I was doing overnight oats and that was great. So I, I would eat like oatmeal every single day. So I've tapered back on that, but feel much better generally. And it wasn't really that hard. It's just like eating a little bit better here and there. A couple key mistakes that I was making, I fixed them up. And as far as like uh, resting heart rate and stuff like that, um, mine just checked in last night. We did a big hike yesterday, did a 14er. And my resting heart rate was like 46 last night. Holy cow. Yeah. So usually it's in good shape. And if I drink, it could be up in, you know, 65, 60, 65. And it feels like my heart's racing all night. Yeah. So, so yeah. And blood pressure, it's, I think it's like on the low end generally. So yeah. What's your story on blood work and such? Yeah. I just went, I just had a test too. And my LDL, the higher one was 200. And I guess that's not good, but I'm curious. I need to go back and read the Peter Atia stuff, the APOB protein and all that. Does that I don't want to talk about it because I'm not up on it, but I know he talks about those numbers and uh, if they're important, do you remember what he has to say on that dog? Or? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I think the, I'm talking from memory here. So I believe the APOB is like LDL plus something else. Even it's not, it's not just like the low density LDL, but it's something additional, but basically I think he says you want that to be absolutely as low as possible. Like, um, like what an infant would be basically. So he's like, you want that to be as low as possible. And to be fair, after I listened to so much of Atia and Huberman, I'm like, this is over optimization. And some of their studies that they're citing while they are studies, I'm like, there's only like 12 people in this study. I'm not sure we could draw anything from that. So it's been a while since I've checked out some of the specifics. Now you said, and if, if uh, people disagree with me, let me know in the comments as well. But you said your LDL is 200? It was last time I went to the doctor. What was your total cholesterol? Um, I don't remember. It must have been at least like two. 40 or 50 or something yeah if your ldl was 200 yeah i have no clue i could look it up okay what did they did they tell you you need to lower your cholesterol because that's pretty high right i think they said i'm supposed to be under 200 that number or something like that it was just um you don't know you don't know you don't remember i'm going to go to i don't really trust them uh I'm going to go to a uh, better doctor. I'm going to sign on for the same thing Pete, Mr. Money Mustache has. Gotcha. Which they do more sophisticated testing and you get to speak to a physician instead of, like the person who called me, I don't know what she was, uh, not a, not even a nurse or not to denigrate nurses or anything like that, but I don't. I think she was like an assistant in the office and was reading off a script like, you need to have more broccoli in your diet, da-da-da-da-da, yeah, yeah. like, something like that. So I'd like to... Uh, 
I'd like to go for the more sophisticated testing and see what those people have to say because they're more on top of the research. I mean, that's another yeah. thing that like Atia and Huberman talk about too. A lot of these, it, there's a bunch of variability around doctors. The, the stuff is changing all the time and a lot of them just don't keep up with it. Yeah. So if it's like an older doctor that hasn't, whatever, read a new article in the publications for 15 years, like they're probably behind. They're like, yeah, eat more grains, like more pasta. You need more pasta. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you have your, your paperwork and lab work, show it to me. I am curious. I was going to say like, even if it's not, um, even if the doctors aren't good, like some of the standard tests, like it does give you some in info, even if it doesn't have APOB and other stuff, but just curious, we could look offline. Yeah, I'll send it to you after this. Uh, I guess one thing is like BMI. BMI is a pretty a pretty useless me metric. There's people I know have been in great shape that have like a BM BMI that would say is unhealthy just because uh, they've got a lot of body weight. They must ha have a lot of muscle, but for their height, it's just like a weight versus height metric or something. It's so stupid. Like, Yeah, I think it falls off for, I mean, I agree 100%. And it definitely falls off for like a highly muscular person where it's like, yeah, the person is in awesome shape. They don't have any fat on them. So we're not in that camp specifically, <laughs> but you know, it could happen for some people. Yeah, definitely not. All right. Yeah. So what, what else? How's your blood pressure? Is that in good shape? Right? Um, no, it's actually kind of high. I've always been a little bit hypertensive. As, uh, last time I checked it, it was like 120 over 80, which is... Not great, but I've noticed in the past when I bring my weight down, that comes down pretty proportionally. It's amazing. Like I'll lose 10 pounds and then I see that drop off too. So I've been keeping track of it. Uh, but yeah, I would like to get that down a little bit more. And the key is weight, it sounds like. Yeah, I, th I think 120 over 70, something like that is like the new definition of hypertension. It was lowered. Okay. I think, gotcha. just to be clear, I think the number one thing anyone can do for their health is to have a low blood pressure. There's so many bad things that come out of high blood pressure for an extended period of time. Yeah. And my uh, quick note, and then you have a couple other things here before we start moving to the wrap up stuff and, and our goals coming up. But um, yeah, my blood pressure is on the lower side. And I think that actually may have been why I passed out and had my accident coming out of the hot tub earlier this year because my blood pressure is quite low and all the blood went to my limbs as it, my body was trying to cool, got up, got faint, and then face planted into the wall. But everything's good now. And uh, I tried to take it easy, you know, I'll uh, get out of the hot tub sooner or, I mean, I actually go to the sauna still, but I just get out before I feel like I'm gonna pass out, nice. which is it's a good thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, two other things for me is I had, so my dad died from complications of an aortic dissection, which is when your aorta ruptures. So I decided to have that scanned. My insurance did not cover it, but it was only 200 bucks. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? So I had that done. Uh, my aorta is fine. And I also had a colonoscopy, which was uh, pretty fun. Okay. You're, you're yep. not of age yet, or you kind of are of age, if you believe, like Peter Tia, that you should have it done younger. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I had that, and it was great. And they recommend that at 45 now, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, so I'll get that for my birthday coming up. I'll be 45 next year, so. Yeah. That'll be a great birthday present. Yeah, it's going to be great. 
And uh, every, all the things turned out fine, it sounds like. Yeah, they were all good. But I will say that Mindy went for hers and she had polyps and some of them were precancerous, which isn't an issue. That's the whole uh, point of the thing is to remove those before they develop into something bad. But yeah, if you're on the fence about it, definitely go get that. But, okay. but mine was clean as a whistle. My, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Like I said, I'll share the pics with you later when I send you my health metrics. <laughs> okay. Okay, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. All right, so let's talk about some of our goals, and I'll kind of I'll kind of blast through and not not spend too much time. So, I I'm in I'm in a decent weight. So I'm five ten. I weigh about one. We'll call it one sixty two. I've been actually weighing myself daily and tracking the fat percentage as well. Speaking of that, I really don't care about my weight. I just care about the fat percentage because. I, again, I think I'm at a generally healthy weight and I just want to, you know, trim some of the fat from my belly and my, my chubby cheeks, you know, I'm aiming for, and I'm going to state it out loud, 12% body fat. And I'm probably around, if you believe the scale. So I just have like a fairly standard and expensive bathroom scale and I'm around, uh, say like 16% right now. It was up to about 17 at the end of all the travel, just to get an idea of like how terrible I was eating and not working out. I, I would potentially, if things are going okay, I maybe would push to get down to 10%. The thing is, it'll be very difficult. And I'll share some of the things I'm doing here in the last couple of weeks to try to get on track. The other thing is like 10% would probably be unsustainable. I love to eat and it's a social thing for me and I want it to be sustainable. I would say maybe like 12 to 14, 14% or so is probably sustainable for me without making me unhappy and not enjoying life. I really like to eat that much. So we'll see how it goes. I am pretty active overall, so it's almost all diet and I, I know this. I have started to track my calories, which is just a fucking pain in the ass, but I've never done it before. So I wanted to test something different and I just downloaded like a free app. I'm tracking the best that I can when I'm preparing food myself and it's like chicken and broccoli and coffee or whatever. It's pretty easy to log those, but there are situations where it's pretty tough. So quick example. We were at a wedding this past weekend. It was catered. It's like random food. It's really hard to know how much you're serving yourself. And then you don't know the the calories or any of the nutrition information for the pulled pork or the potato salad or the macaroni and cheese or the gluten-free donuts, which I ate all of that stuff. And I'm getting as close as I can. I'm logging and estimating as best I can. When I'm at home, I will weigh stuff out. And it's been eye-opening because I would go back and get like second or third portions all the time whenever I cooked at home. And it's really easy for me to see like how I just crept up from a calorie um, perspective. And I'll shut up here in a second, but Carl, you were eating, we ate together at that wedding. And I logged how much I thought that meal was including the drinks that I had. And I didn't drink that much. I drove that evening, but 
how many calories do you think that meal was from when we got there to when I left? Like the appetizers, the beer, like everything? or The whole goddamn uh, thing, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, maybe between, I'll say, 3,500? Uh, that's a good estimate. I estimated 4,000. Okay. And the thing is, I could have had like five more drinks easily and maybe a little bit more food. And that would have pushed it up over 5,000 calories just for that one meal. And that's nothing. Like I was doing that a couple times per week uh, during all the the travel and the parties and all that stuff. I could easily eat 5,000 calories in a meal and it's nothing. I didn't even know it. Yeah. Shocking. Have you ever logged like that? Um, I have. And yeah, I'm, I'm a bottomless pit too. Like Mindy and I went for a, a burrito now and we used to each have a whole one and we're like, and now we, we split them up. And, uh, and she's like, remember those times when, when we could each have a whole and I'm like, man, I could have a whole one right now and probably another half one after that if I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I could just eat. I don't know if it's like our upbringing. We were taught you got to clean that plate. If you put the food on your plate, you have to eat it. Yeah. And I think that's a horrible thing to, uh, teach. I don't know. Uh, what do you, th- what do you think about that? Yeah. I think it's horrible too. Like a lot of the grandparents were always pushing food on you, right? Or at least my, yeah. like, you need to eat a lot. Like you're a growing healthy boy. Like eat as much as you can and like, no, that's, that's not good. All right. So my goal, 12% body fat and it'll be like a multiple month thing. I'm not in any hurry. I want it to be like sustainable. Okay. So one quick follow-up for you. I was listening to a uh, fitness podcast last week and they were saying, you have to be careful with what you cut out because your, your metabolism will slow down and your body will just adjust to less food and less calories. And then you'll be right back to where you were like, how have you heard that before? Do you think it's a concern? Yes. So luckily I'm not in that stage because I was eating so much over the summer, but I think that's what happened when I was intermittent fasting all the time. I think my metabolism just slowed down. So I'm not sure when I will like step things up a little bit, but there are concepts such as like, it's like a, it's a basically a diet break. And like for a week you go on like maintenance calories instead of being at a deficit. So then your metabolism doesn't slow down. I think from like the, the four hour body, which I have laying around somewhere, there's a cheat day. So I maybe won't do a cheat day cause I could cancel out the whole week in one cheat day, but I might do a cheat meal here or there. And I am, because I'm now conscious of like me not having energy to work out as hard. I want to make sure like I'm getting enough carbs and I'm getting enough like energy. So when I go to the gym, I could actually like really work out hard. Cause before I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to stop. I just didn't have it in me. So I am conscious of that and I won't cut it so much, but I think I have probably at least a few weeks of like, you know, 500 calories per day of a deficit and, you know, just make a slow progress and then reassess. But the thing is, since I like to eat so much, I'm pretty sure like we'll go to a potluck at HQ and like I could eat whatever that for that meal, keep it under control, but eat whatever that meal to make sure I don't like taper down too much and lower my metabolism. Sure. Uh, one other follow-up comment. You talked about counting calories with food and we had this conversation over the weekend. 
Uh, the flip side is counting the calories you burn when you work out. And it's a little bit frustrating. Like you'll have a donut and it'll be 400 calories. And then like I'll, I'll walk around with like weights on off, like a backpack with 20 pounds on it and walk like as fast as I can for like 45 minutes. And I'll come back and I've burned like 380 calories. Like I didn't even, you realize how efficient your body is, but it kind of makes you reconsider that kind of food too. Like, well, if I don't eat this stupid thing then I don't have to do that. Do you, do you think like that as well? Or? Yeah, I mean, from uh, I, I'm I'm going to be more active. I'm going to dodge this question just a little bit, but like I'm going to be more active. But quick example: we uh, Elizabeth and I hiked a 14er yesterday. Beer stat. We hiked for six hours. It was uh, about eight miles, or yeah, like seven to eight miles um, round trip, and it was hard. It was very difficult, and it's one of the easier 14ers. And I, my watch tells me I only burned 1,400 calories, which is um, like a donut and a few beers, which I could easily eat and drink that without feeling uh, full or having any issue with it. Or eat half a pizza. I mean, I could throw down some pizza. It's disgusting. Yeah. We've shared a pizza before. Yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, we'll eat just like one or two pieces. We ate the whole thing. We had like four <laughs> pieces. Oh, and I'm like, oh, if he's getting another one, I'll get another one. And I think you were doing the same, right? Yeah, probably. We just feed off each other <laughs> in a negative fashion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good follow-ups, man. <laughs> a- any tips for me, like just based on what I'm planning? Uh, one thing I, I like to do, I guess, uh, well, I'll get to my fitness tips in a second. But okay. uh, real quick, my goals are to really focus on my sleep, get in bed at a decent hour. And my issue with sleep is no matter what time I go to bed, I'll wake up like at 4.30 or 5. So that just means I have to have the lights out at 9 o'clock or else I'm going to pay the price. Uh, I need to get my blood pressure and resting heart rate down, which will come when I lose some of the weight. Uh, To do that, I'm trying to walk 25,000 steps a day, sometimes with the weights. And I'd like to get back up to uh, when I was in super good um, health, I could do 10 like clean pull-ups, like not touching the ground, hanging all the way down and... I haven't been able to do that in a long time. So those are my goals. Um, do you have any follow-up on that before we get to our tips? What's your uh, resting heart rate at currently? And then do you have a target? Or Yeah. So it's kind of funny. You said you're, uh, when you drink beer, sometimes your heart goes up to like 66 beats per minute. And that is my resting heart rate when I checked it this morning. Okay. But it was lower. Like it was 74 a couple months ago before I really started all this speed walking. So it's definitely gone down. The lowest I ever had it was right before COVID. It was uh, like 55 or 56. And I was about 10 pounds less than I am right now. So uh, I can get back there just having the willpower and getting those pounds off. And then do you have a target weight? It's all, it seems like the weight is like the, that's like the critical metric that you're looking at because it impacts both your blood pressure and the resting heart rate, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't think actually it is. I keep on mentioning that word, but it's not. What I really want to do is get my fat percentage down. And right now it's like uh, 19 and a half, and that would be better probably around 15. But to get there, if strictly on a weight um, metric, I'd probably have to lose about 10 pounds. But mm-hmm. it's not... The weight, it's, uh, again, like you said, it is the percentage of body fat. So by economy next year, we should both have abs. Yeah. What's going to happen? I I was thinking about that, Doug. We should just not have shirts on at all, or maybe just we'll finally have our mesh tank tops on, and they'll be like really high-cropped ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right right below (laughs) our our boobs. It'll be awesome. 
that or we can get like some kind of airbrush thing, airbrush shirts on and they're like, you know, or, super, people will, will know what's going on. I think super tight fitting shirt. We'll have to, we'll have to make it realistic. We'll either have to tan or not get tan to match the tone of the shirt. Okay. It's a good idea. And then, uh, the one other follow up. 25,000 steps per day. What is, is that uh, arbitrary? It, it kind of is. I noticed when I was, so when I was finishing up the rental house, uh, when I was working on that, that's about how many I would get. And the weight drops off when I'm doing construction, like I'm back into it now. And the weight just drops off because you're so active. You're moving constantly. My house is a lot of stairs, so I'm always got going up and down. So I thought, ah, if I do 25,000 steps when I'm doing construction and see results, I should just try to keep uh, pushing for that. And I'd actually like to do more. It's just time consuming, right? It takes a long time to do 20,000 steps a day if you don't have anything else to do and you're just walking for the hell of it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really does. I've been arbitrarily targeting like 20,000 since I got back from uh, some of the trips. And I'm pretty close. You know, I missed it a couple of days and I was like trying to rest. Uh, before hiking all day yesterday, but I think I've been averaging maybe like 19,000. I'd like to creep it up a little bit more, but I'm not going to like beat myself up. I think uh, it's just like, if I could get it most days, that'll be pretty awesome. But like you said, it's kind of time consuming. So I'm hoping, um, I don't know, maybe we can go on some more hikes. I know you're got the house stuff going on again, but which is a whole other episode that we could talk about. But anyway, maybe we can go walk around the mall some days or something like that, put on our track suits in yeah. our adult uh, senior uh, walking shoes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap it up with, um, oh, wait, we have some accountability things. So why don't you hit that and then your tips? Yeah, so uh, I'm just curious, like, what can we do to keep uh, accountable? Like, how should we, because we made some goals last year, at least I didn't follow them too well, maybe it was two years ago, but yeah. How do we keep ourselves accountable to make these goals? Well, you have one suggestion about putting money on the line and I don't, I don't know if that motivates me too much. Uh, like, I guess I feel like I want to do it on my own. Otherwise it won't be sustainable. And that's my main goal. It's just like, I want the long term. So in the short term, if I'm like, oh, I need to win this bet. And then the goal goes away. Like that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. Sure. So for me, I don't think putting money on the line in the short term, it could work, but it's not a long-term solution. I don't think. Okay. What, what do you, what do you think? You, I mean, other people would probably bet you if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Like my main struggles are, are having like uh, other variables in my life, like kids. Like if it was just, if I was living by myself, I'd have a bunch of like, grilled chicken and broccoli in the refrigerator and that would be it and then you could do the meal prep you know exactly what you're eating but when there's all these other things going on people in your life it makes it a little bit harder to do but yeah you're right about what you just said the motivation has to come from inside you not some external thing because that is not sustainable well we can well we are publicly stating what our what our goals are so that does help to like tell other people there's all these cognitive biases that are now in our heads that we like need to follow through. And for me, it's also been something I've thought about where I'm like, Oh, all I have to do is like follow the, follow the plan. And then you'll hit the fat percentage you're aiming for. So I just have to like stick with it for long enough. And then it's only a matter of time, much like saving for retirement, right? Like it's a math problem. And then if you stick with it, like it should work out. 
even if you have some ups and downs. So anything else for your motivation or accountability? Yeah, I think maybe it's okay to let yourself, like you can't be super strict. It's okay to slip every once in a while. Like we both did at the wedding. It's if you're on top of it, uh, most of the time you're going to be okay. You can't let yourself get beat up because I think that sometimes leads to a downward spiral. Like oh, I screwed up this day. So what does it matter anymore? I'll just have a piece of cake this day too. And the other thing we could do um, literally to make it easier and a, a little bit more fun than just like walking by ourselves, we can try to hike once every two weeks or something where it's like six plus miles or something. Cause at least, I mean, that'll get us pretty close to 20,000 steps probably for that hike. And then that's one day where it's out. Our phones probably don't work. It's out in the wilderness, which is, you know, two birds with one stone. That's a great thing to do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hit Sinitas again. We could do the three approaches or go to Rocky Mountain. Yeah. And then not go and drink like four beers and eat pizza afterward, which is like a typical thing that I'll do. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> so, all right. What are your tips? Uh, so one thing I like to do, for example, you live right by the gym that we both go to. So if we record at nine, I like to get there like at seven. So it's not like I'm going to leave at eight and go home and come all the way back to your house. I'm forced to be there for two hours and then I'll just continue to work out and do stuff. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, I'd like to try to get on my bike instead of driving to the gym, which is kind of silly. Like take my bike there. Then you have to bike back to along the kind of along the same lines as number one, you're getting a little bit more uh, unforced workout. Um, I like to do long one-way walks. For example, I'll walk from my house to downtown Longmont, which is almost two miles. And then once you're down there, you have to walk back. You have no choice. So you can't, again, you can't bail out on the workout after you're al already there. You have to get back. And when I travel, I try to find a fitness course. You ever see those things outside where they'll have like a pull-up bar, a push-up bar, and maybe some other stuff? Oh, yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Most places have them. And then you're outside. And like in Hawaii, they had a great one. It was like a mile away from our condo. So you could just walk there, do your workout, and walk back. I think those are a pretty cool way to keep in shape when you're on the road. There's one here at uh, Kanemoto Park. There's probably others in town, but you, have you seen the one out there? Um, yeah, I think so. I haven't never I've never used it, but I'll check it out. I've walked past it a bunch. I've actually never used it either. <laughs> Some of them, I'm like, oh, what are you supposed to do with this thing? They have pictures and diagrams, but I'm like, I don't know, what, I don't know how to put my hands on that that thing there. I don't know <laughs> what movement I'm supposed to do. Okay, this is awesome and. I don't know how often we'll do check-ins. I think maybe like quarterly will be appropriate, but I think we'll probably do some uh, like mini updates over on the Facebook group, right? Yeah, let's do that. Maybe we have a check-in like the holidays are coming up and that's always a dangerous time. Maybe we have a check-in right before or after Thanksgiving. All right. That sounds good. And we'll ask the audience here, how do you keep motivated? Do you have any tips for us? You can... Probably, uh, what, what do we want? A comment on the YouTube side or over on Facebook if you're in the group? Yeah, we'll put links to all this in the show notes. But yeah, you, you can send us an email. You can leave a comment in the Facebook group. We'll post this episode on the Facebook group uh, after it goes live and uh, or the YouTube channel. All right. It's a very clear call to action from us. Um, but wherever, wherever you can leave us a comment, do that and we'll find it out there. So thanks a lot, Carl. We'll catch you on the next one. See you, Doug.
Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five. And uh, actually, we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Carl, you drove a fine automobile over here today. What what's the story with that? Yeah, I have the Dan and Cindy minivan. They were on the we interviewed Dan, right? That was a while ago. Yep, that's right. We'll put a link in the show notes. So they are in some part of the world right now, probably Thailand or something like that. And before they left, they're like, Hey, can we leave our old crappy van with you? I'm like, sure. They're like, you know, actually we don't want it. We're just gonna sign it over to you. I'm like, okay, great. And this van has 240,000 miles on it. It has not been loved. And uh, I was just going to junk it, actually, because the transmission has issues. But then Colorado came out with an EV trade-in program. So if you have a vehicle that either fails the emissions test or is over 10 years old, you can trade it in for an EV, and Colorado will give you a $6,000 tax credit or voucher towards that. But the issue is... Uh, to get it to do this, I need to have it titled and registered in my name. To get it registered, I have to pass the emissions test, which is pretty funny considering one of the qualifications for the program is to fail the emissions test. I've tried once and they wouldn't test it because I had to hotwire it and they said it has to start with a key. So I rigged it up with a uh, fake key. Hopefully it fools them. I'm going there after this. <laughs> All right. What, what year is this van? Uh, 2004. Okay. All right. Interesting. And there are a number of like tax credits and stuff like that. Are they stackable? So you could do like unlimited tax credits or do they say uh, only one per customer or something? Yeah, actually they are. And it gets even better than that. The uh, So Colorado just has a flat $5,000 credit and it's not even a tax credit. If you don't pay $5,000 in Colorado tax, they'll just give you the money, which is pretty cool. Wow. So how many how many do you have stacked? Uh, there are three. The two from Colorado will be five thousand and six thousand for the trade in of this van. So that's eleven. And then there's a federal seventy five hundred dollar credit. So that brings it up to eighteen thousand five hundred. So this is like another case of the rich getting richer, huh? It kind of is. It's pretty weird. Like I'll get this nice new Tesla thing for like thirty thousand bucks, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, when you were telling me like 30K the other week, I was like, 
that doesn't sound right, even with the incentives, but you have you have a, a few of them going on and the additional 6,000 is nice. Yes. And to be clear, there are incentives for people who buy cheaper EVs too that are even stackable on top of all of this. So if you aren't wealthy and don't have $30,000 or whatever, you can buy a cheaper one and get, I think, an additional $2,500. Um, okay. So, yeah. Do you have to buy a new one? Like if I, you know, my truck's old. If I, I traded it in for, a, say, like a used Leaf that's a few years old, would that be a good move? Or The rules change. For some reason, the federal rule is that they will give you a $4,000 credit, but it has to cost under $24,000. And you have to go through a dealership. Okay. So I'd have to go through a dealership and it would need to be under $24,000. Yeah. Which a couple-year-old leaf, or if you say five or six years old, that should be under twenty-four, right? Yeah, I think it would be. A, a year ago, I would say no because there was a lot of demand, but now that has dropped off. I I can't really see you in a leaf, Doug. Maybe it's just because I've always seen you in your big truck, and you've got it's very manly. You've got those supersized truck nuts on the back. I, I mean, they're huge, they're like basketballs or something. Like I don't know. And then you've got all this. Uh, yeah, it, I, I won't go into further details. We don't want to alienate our Thanks. listeners, but it's a very manly <laughs> truck. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It, it's a good truck. I shined it up the other day. It looks pretty good when I wash it. Like the paint on it's still in good shape. And, you know, I never used it as like a work truck or anything. So there's a couple scratches, but largely it's in good shape. Yeah, it's been so, very well maintained. You're, uh, you're a good truck parent. All right. Good luck at the uh, emissions place. I uh, hope your hot wired car does a good job. <laughs>